Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 points. a whole burst to it. 20. Right steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still in his feet. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo getting you ready for the big Rams Colts game this weekend. Tonight we have Andrew Moore from SI Sports Illustrated, also hosts, or at least a part of, two different Colts podcasts, co host of a Colts podcast and an analyst for the Horseshoe Guys. Also, we'll go ahead and preview on our side, our point of view of the game and where this could go. First things first, we ask you to head over to Apple Music. We have a five-star review. We really appreciate that. And here's a look, about, look at our other sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so I apologize, folks. I'm under the weather, so I'm not going to be able to stay on as long tonight. But I do want to make sure we get you this preview out. So really quick, go ahead and make the magic happen. Here's Andrew Moore from Sports Illustrated, covering the Colts. All right, folks, I'm here with Andrew Moore, who covers the Colts for Sports Illustrated. He's, he's a co-host of the A Colts podcast and the Horseshoe Boys. Is that right? I mean, my gosh, you're all over the place. Horseshoe guys. Horseshoe guys. There's so many different podcasts you're on, so many different things you're doing for the Colts. Andrew, welcome to the show. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, we're going to talk about a big matchup today. Uh, Colts and Rams, it's, I think it's going to be one hell of a matchup, and uh, I'm excited to talk some football with you. Yeah, you know, and I have a lot of questions, too, coming in this game, because, I mean, one, it's a real game for the Rams, and then we're coming into this game where the Colts lost last week in 2016. From a national perspective, just looking in on the game, it didn't look too good. But I'm hoping you can kind of clarify this for us because I'm, I was caught off guard, completely caught off guard by the way Seattle came in there. So I guess that's the first thing. First, what happened last weekend? Yeah, that I mean that's that's a great question. I thought I, I personally thought the Colts would come out 
pretty strong. Um, there were a lot of uh, a lot of people out there um, that that thought the Colts would give would give Seattle a run for their money, uh, and, and really it was the groups that that you don't necessarily have too much concern about. Those were the groups that that really bit the Colts. Uh, the offensive line probably had one of their worst performances uh, since Andrew Luck was the quarterback of the Colts. Uh, the Colts have the most expensive offensive line of football. Uh, it's well known that that's w- that they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. And they just didn't hold up against that aggressive Seattle defense. Uh, you, you saw the running game really didn't get going. The Colts' defense, which is is probably a top 10 defense, uh, did not perform that way. You, the big stars of, of Darius Leonard didn't have his best game. Kenny Moore, uh, a very underrated slot corner uh, in the game, didn't have his best game. And then the Colts' young tandem safety, or young safety tandem, I should say, of Julian Blackman and Kari Willis, they were off their game as well. Uh, it, a lot of people were, were focusing and wondering if, if Carson Wentz was going to be up to par, missing all preseason. And really, I wouldn't even put Carson Wentz in the top 10 reasons as to why the Colts lost that game. Uh, so it was, it was a little bit of a shocker to me just to see what kind of groups were, were struggling against Seattle. Uh, and and I, I'll be interested to see how they bounce back this week at another game at home um, once the Rams come to town. So what has the word been about the Colts coming off this game? What, is, what have you been hearing? So uh, the, a lot of what the Colts said, we'll start on the defensive side of the ball. The Colts are going back to the basics. The defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus talked about it, that, that it definitely wasn't up to their standards. Uh, the, the Colts have been focusing a lot on, on the fundamentals. Uh, I know the linebacker group especially have been focusing more on tackling here, here this week of practice. Uh, and then as far as the offensive side of the ball, uh, Frank Reich knows that that he needs to be better as far as pray, play calling. The offensive line needs to be better as, as far as competing as a con- cohesive unit. And, and, and I think once if those two things get going, that then we're going to see the Colts team that we expect, a team that, that will fight for the division crown in the AFC South. And, and one that can, on any given Sunday, play with, play with just about anybody. Uh, now, now, the Colts are dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Uh, the injury report that just came out about an hour ago, uh, Quentin Nelson hasn't practiced all week. Darius Leonard hasn't practiced all week. Braden Smith. Um, so, so those are some big names for this Colts team. And, and it's going to be interesting to see what the injury report looks like tomorrow um, on Friday to see if these guys are playing. Uh, but yeah, the, the Colts definitely know that they need to come out with more energy and better execution if they want to compete with the Rams on Sunday. Well, that's one thing that caught me off guard. Really, was seeing Darius Leonard, for example, being do not play for two days in a row. I am quite a big fan of his. We'd hope we draft him. I mean, we, most of us who cover the Rams hope they would draft him, and of course, didn't because why not? Why would they do that? But <laughs> I mean, I saw that too. I thought, well, maybe it's a veteran rest day. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a veteran. Now, two days in a row, Rhodes is on there, putting Nelson on there. These aren't veteran rest days. So, where are the odds they play? So, I think we'll, with Darius Leonard, he, he missed one Wednesday. He did have an ankle. He did have ankle surgery this summer, um, and that kept him out of, of a couple weeks in, in training camp. It didn't look like it bothered him the last few weeks, and it, it didn't look like it bothered him on Sunday. Maybe it was something that flared up after the game. So that's what he missed uh, Wednesday for. And then today, he was out with a non-COVID-19 related illness. So that's why he didn't practice today. It'll be interesting to see if he is back tomorrow. Um, Quentin Nelson is, is, is still kind of recovering from that foot injury he suffered 
at the beginning of August where he had surgery and was out for, for quite some time. Um, it didn't look like it limited him on, on Sunday. Uh, they've kept him out for that. And then Quentin Nelson throughout his career has had little back flare-ups, nothing to keep him out of games or anything like that. But I think the Colts are just being a little bit cautious with that. Uh, I think the biggest one to watch, though, is Braden Smith. Braden Smith came out of the or on Monday, showed up to the Colts facility complaining of a foot injury. And the Colts haven't really been specific about it, but Braden Smith hasn't practiced the past two days either. And if Braden Smith isn't out there, there's no guarantee that Eric Fisher will, making, will be making his return from his Achilles injury this weekend. So the Colts could be putting out two backup tackles against a Rams defensive line that, that is very, very stout and, and I'm sure will be pinning their ears back to come back and get Carson Wentz. Oh, you mean like that number 99 guy? Yeah, that, that, that guy that uh, we've all been wanting to see the Clash of the Titans, Aaron Donald versus Quentin Nelson. And I don't know how, honestly, how much we're really going to see that. I think the Rams will try to keep Aaron Donald over on the right side or the left side of the defensive line to go up against Mark Lewinsky. Um, but, but I think everybody would like to see a fully healthy Quentin Nelson going up against a fully healthy Aaron Donald because um, that's, that's one of the best matchups I think you can put in the entire NFL. I mean, it's the stuff that dreams are made of, you know, for, but for a team like on our side, you want to see a win. We want to see a, we want to see a breakthrough, get, get to Wentz a little bit. Uh, you, you saying you expect to see him on the right-hand side makes a lot of sense to us. And I expect to see them move him quite a bit around, especially since, you know, double team last week for most of the game against, uh, against Chicago. Chicago played that 34-14 game was not as much of a blowout as, as people make it out to be. So mm-hmm. I'm expecting the Rams to make some adjustments there, really move them around. The Rams' defensive line, I'm not sure we're going to get out of the rest of them. So I'm very curious as to what the Rams do with guys like Quentin Nelson on the line. And if they're playing, Braden Smith and Eric Fisher. That looks, that looks rough, though. we got three quality offensive line that you don't know if they're playing or not. Right, absolutely. And that's, that's kind of what the Colts have been dealing with all, all preseason. Their, the strength of their offense has, has been riddled with injuries. Uh, I mean, Eric Fisher hasn't, hasn't really tied and touched the field at all because he's only about seven months out from the Achilles tear. Quentin Nelson had surgery on his foot beginning of August and, and just came back a, a week or two before the Colts took the field against Seattle. Ryan Kelly has missed time with a hyperextension of his elbow. At least he is back and able to command that, that Colts offensive line. Um, and then Braden Smith, I mean, he's a guy that the Colts paid handsomely this offseason, a four-year, $72 million extension, and, and they, they've got him to be their right tackle of the future. And I would, I would consider Braden Smith a top 10 right tackle in this league. So when you're missing him, uh, as well as the other guys, uh, that, that really puts, puts you at a disadvantage, especially when you invest so much into your offensive line like Chris Ballard and the Colts have. So what next? I mean, in terms of going into this game, the outlook for the Colts going in as 0-1, secondary game at home. What changes this week knowing that there are potential limitations? I think on the offensive side of the ball, if you're talking about uh, if, the, if the Colts don't have their full strength on the offensive line, I think you're going to see a lot of quick passes out of this Colts offense, making sure that those long-developing plays, they're not putting the stress on the offensive line and we're going to see quicker throws from, from a Carson Wentz to, to guys like Zach Paschal and, and Michael Pittman Jr., uh, maybe some shorter ro- throws to, to Jack Doyle over the middle, just to pick up those, those, those first downs. 
Uh, and, and I think that the, the running game might be a little bit limited, too. The Colts really love to run the ball, especially when you have Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines back there. Uh, that's that's one of the big things for this offense is they use the run to kind of set up the pass. And why wouldn't you when you have a, a workhorse like Jonathan Taylor back there who I, who I think is a budding star in this league? So I think I think if if the offensive line isn't up to up to par with what it usually is, that's definitely going to limit the Colts in the running game, and and you could see more quick passes out of this Colts offense rather than the deep shots that I know they want to take with Carson Wentz. So let's look at this a little closer. The the Colts offense right now against the Rams defense. What do you like about that matchup? What don't you like about that matchup? And how do you see the Colts using this matchup to their advantage? So yeah, I, I do. I do like that with, with this Rams, this Rams defense. Um, I mean, obviously, I think the secondary is is pretty good with with Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams, and then and then the two safeties, uh, specifically uh, uh, Taylor Rapp. It's it's a solid group, but I, I think I think what you can do though is is the Colts can can create some separation against some of these guys. I know Jalen Ramsey is probably going to be locked down on whoever he's guarding because the Colts, especially with now here's another injury. T.Y. Hilton is out for the Colts, and and I that that greatly limits the offense as far as the passing game. It's it's pretty crazy in in T.Y. Hilton's career, he's missed I think it's uh, twelve games total in his ten year career. The Colts are one and eleven in those games. That just kind of shows you how important T.Y. Hilton is to this offense. So without T.Y. Hilton, uh, the, these these young wide receivers, I think, are going to step up. And, and I think what's going to be big, and as far as getting separation, getting these guys open, will be how Frank Reich schemes them open. Uh, I think really the the only guy that could that can create his own separation as of right now is Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, the second round pick out of UFC, he showed at the end of last year. When the Colts give him the opportunities and make him a priority, he can be a major weapon for this team. So I think I think scheme is going to be a big part of that, and Frank Reich and and Carson Wentz are going to have to be really smart about it. Carson Wentz, uh, he he was he played a pretty solid game in my opinion last week because he didn't make boneheaded decisions. He was under duress the whole time, but he was making the right reads. And, and I think you, you can see with what the Colts have to work with at quarterback with Carson Wentz, it, just, in that, just in that short amount of time, you have a guy that's capable of making big plays when, when he's given the ample opportunity to, to, to do so. Um, and then I think when you switch to the running game, if it, again, and we've already talked about how important it is in the middle of the offensive line for those guys to be healthy. But if we can use Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines on some more misdirection uh, or, or, even, or even running opposite of where Aaron Donald is, um, kind of maybe forcing some misdirection things as, as far as that's concerned, once the Colts can get to the second level in their running game, I, I like, I like their, their chances with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines uh, to, make the, to make the Rams linebackers miss, to gain some yards and, and some chunk plays. Um, as far as that's concerned, uh, there were multiple times where I saw David Montgomery have some success against against the Rams last week. So I think if the Colts are able to to establish the run first of all and get be able to incorporate some play action, not necessarily put all the pressure on Carson Wentz to put the team on his back, I think that's what you're going to see the most success from this Colts offense. Well, I agree too. In the game last week, and the biggest problems the Rams had were against the Bears' running game. The Bears really just wore on them for two for two quarters. And it was the Rams' talent, I think, that won it out for them. The mm-hmm. cream rises to the top, right? 
And they're able to use their talent level to overcome that. Now, in my view, the Colts are a better football team than the Bears are. And I'm not so sure that's something they can do again. I'm looking at two quality running backs you got there. Now, they can really hammer at the Rams. If the Rams don't provide enough support behind Aaron Donald there in that front seven, that's problematic. Really problematic. This could be a completely different outcome than what many Rams fans are probably expecting. Yeah, and I think what the, what the Seahawks did last week to really force the Colts' hand is the running game never got going. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had a 17 carries, but he only had 58 yards. So the, the running game never got going, and so towards the end of the second half, you start seeing it be all on Carson Wentz, and the Seahawks could really just tee off on Wentz in this, in this Colts' offensive line, and, and it, Wentz hardly had any time to throw it down the field. So, so that's why I, I think if we, they can establish the run and kind of take some cues of what the Bears did last week against, against the Rams, um, and start developing more play action, get Carson Wentz on some boots outside the pocket, then you can start to see the deep shots that the Colts would like to take um, once they alleviate some of that pressure and bring, bring the secondary in a little bit um, and get Carson Wentz out of the pocket. Now, what about the other the matchup, the, the Colts defense against the Rams offense? How do you see this going? I think it's, again, it all starts up front. It's going to be really, really dependent on if the Colts' defensive line can get some pressure on Matthew Stafford. Uh, the Colts played Matthew Stafford uh, in the Lions last year, and, and one of the big components was they were able to get consistent pressure on Matthew Stafford, especially up the middle with guys like DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, Tyquan Lewis. Those are the guys that you're probably going to see mostly up in the middle for, for the Colts. And when Matthew Stafford, I mean, he's I mean, obviously he's got the cannon for an arm. When he gets pressure in his face, that's when you typically see him start to force throws. That's when you see him try to do too much with the ball. And it really gets him flustered from what I've seen in the past. So if the Colts are able to do that, I think they can have success. Um, that, that's another thing that it's, it's all going to start up front, really, with this Colts team on both sides of the ball. That's how Chris Ballard has built this team. And that's really how how each game goes. If the Colts are able to, to dominate up front, there's a good chance that they're, they're not going to be stopped. However, if you can really contain not only that pass rush, but, but then contain and get some pressure on the offensive line, you're probably going to have some success against this Colts team. So when you're looking at this matchup overall right now, what's your gut feeling on how this is going to go? As of right now, I would probably give the Rams the edge. Just because I think the, the Colts, number one, they're just they're reeling injury-wise. I mean, I, some of the Colts' best players are, are really dealing with injuries. You're not, like I said, you're not going to have T.Y. Hilton, and that, that really kind of focuses things in on this offense because, well, while T.Y. Hilton might not be the Pro Bowl wide receiver he once was, defenses still respect T.Y. Hilton. And when you turn on the film, the, the defensive coordinators and the defenses the Colts do face they're still rolling coverage to T.Y. Hilton on almost every single play. And when you don't, that's when you see T.Y. Hilton go off for 130 yards and a couple touchdowns. So with, with that, I think that, that I would give the advantage to the Rams, just because, number one, because of the injuries, and number two, because I think that, that well, I don't think it'll necessarily be a blowout. Uh, I do think that the Rams, in the end, just have the, the playmakers that will get it done and, and the Colts are still trying to get all of these guys back and, and inform a, a cohesive rhythm on both sides of the ball. No, it's, it's weird to me. I'm nervous about this game. I'm nervous the fact that it's on the road. I, the Rams have some history with, with Carson Wentz. We do. It's not fun. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's it's a little nerve-wracking as well because the Rams didn't look great at times last week against the Bears. And then going on the road to a, on an indoor team in a, in a wonderful stadium, a loud stadium like Indianapolis have. I'm nervous, man. I got to be awesome with the, with the opposing guy here that, you know, I, I see Rams experts across the board saying Rams got this one locked up. They got locked up. I don't know. I, I mean, you guys still have some. The running game to me is the big one. Mm-hmm. The Colts, if they can run on the Rams, they can do what the Bears did over and over and over again for two quarters. And they're not, they're not making mis- they're not make mistakes like the Bears did. Yeah, that's so, one. That's one thing about the Colts is they're they're a very disciplined team. You hardly ever see the Colts really make too many mistakes um, or self inflicted penalties. It's yeah. it's very rare that you'll see that, and I think that'll be huge because if all these guys do end up missing on the Colts, the margin for error is going to be very very slim. And, and I do think that the Colts will try to take advantage and establish the run, uh, especially with how Jonathan Taylor was last week and not being able to get him established. Jonathan Taylor is a big part of this Colts offense. So if they can do that, I think the, the, the Colts have uh, an exponentially better chance to win. Um, and, and like you said, at Lucas Oil Stadium is, is a very loud stadium when the Colts are playing well, uh, when the crowd gets into it, especially, especially on third down. I think last week when, I mean, just see, I was there in attendance and seeing 63,000 fans all there cheering on the Colts, it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty crazy. And, and that first third down that, that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks had, uh, it, the Colts fans caused a false start. It, when it, it was probably as loud as I've heard it since 2018 when Andrew Luck was still the quarterback of the Colts. So, so when the Colts are playing well and the Colts are, are in the thick of it, this, this fan base and that crowd there at Lucas Oil Stadium can definitely be a factor. So one more thing. This is more curious than anything else. What is... I mean, what is Andrew Luck doing these days? That's a, that's a great question. A lot, of, a lot of people don't really know too much what he's doing. Uh, we saw a story come out the other day that, or a couple weeks back that he was uh, uh, spending some time in Colorado and he was throwing with, with a high school team there. Um, but, but Andrew Luck still lives in Indianapolis. Um, he built his home there. He's, he's be, is he being a dad. Um, as far as I know, his book club is still going strong, but um, he's just living his life. He's enjoying being a dad. Um, I don't, I, I know for a fact he's not coming back. So the Colts fans that are still holding out hope, um, I am just going to squash your dreams right there. He's, he's content with what he's doing. And, uh, the Colts even, I, uh, there was a pretty big story that the Colts, before they made the trade for Carson Wentz, they did reach out one final time to Andrew Luck, just to gauge if there was any interest in, and he said, no. So that's what, why the Colts pulled the trigger. They knew that there wasn't a chance he was coming back. And uh, he's, he's just happily living his life in, in, in the quiet suburbs of Indianapolis. And he's, I'm guessing he's still loved there. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's some fans that are still, uh, still kind, of, kind of on the edge when you talk about Andrew Luck or, or say that he quit on the team. But for the most part, Colts fans know within that situation, it wasn't Andrew Luck that failed the team. It was the previous Colts regime of Ryan Grigson that, that, that failed Andrew Luck. So. Um, I still think that he would be welcome back with open arms, obviously. Um, but yeah, Andrew Luck is still loved by the majority of Colts fans. Yeah, and there never ceases to amaze me the folks who career as a player for saying, you know what, I don't want to get hit anymore. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and when I think it gave Colts fans a bad rap when, when he was walking off the field and he was booed, but you got to think about it. The, the people that are at 
a preseason game, staying into the fourth quarter. Those people are the diehard fans. They're most of the time they they're had a few adult beverages in them, and and they're they're not thinking as clearly as what they should. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of hope for that Colts team uh, with Andrew Luck, and to see him just retire out of the blue like that, um, you're obviously going to have have some emotion about it, if, especially how invested Colts fans are in their team. Um, so that that's not what the Colts fan base is. All my interactions with Colts fans have been have been generally great, um, supporting their team, supporting the, the the players on their team, and and really respecting them as people. All right, man. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate. It. Can you let folks know where they can find you and your work? Yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at at Andrew Moore SI, um, and you can also follow uh, my podcast, a Colts podcast presented by Sports Illustrated, um, the Horseshoe Guys podcast. And then um, all of my articles and all of our coverage on the Colts is at uh, horseshoehuddle.com. Awesome. Thanks so much. Really appreciate your time. And let's hope for a great game this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks. All right. So there are a couple of things I want to talk about with this game. First thing is this. The Colts have a stable of running backs. They have a strong offensive line if they're healthy. And that's the big deal. Where is our offensive line right now? Three guys on the injured list right now coming off an injury. He's going to be iffy. He's limited this week. Hasn't played full yet. You got, you know, your big guard, the one that's the, all the means are out there right now by him facing up with Aaron Donald. I don't think that's going to be a match. I think Moore's right. I think Andrew Moore's absolutely right that we're going to see Aaron Donald moved around a lot on that line, like trying to mix up the matchups, trying to give the defensive line some more looks. Nonetheless. Nonetheless, the Bears ran all over this, this Rams defense for a good chunk of the game. In the end, what won the Rams their victory over the Bears was their talent. That Bears team had the Rams on their heels for much of the first three quarters of the game. I know people want to hear that. 34-14. It was a lot closer than they made it out to be. The score makes it look like a blowout. It wasn't a blowout if you watch the entire game. That doesn't mean the Rams didn't deserve the victory. It doesn't mean they weren't the better team. But the Bears found some issues the Rams have. One, the main run defense. The same issues we had last year. It was a reminder of the Green Bay game from the playoffs where Aaron Donald's out and nobody else could really step in there and stop the run or stop the dink and dunk stuff. The Bears were successful with dink and dunk stuff. So that's my real concern. Can that front seven put more pressure on? Can they do enough? to where the Colts had to think twice about double and triple teaming Aaron Dahl in every play. I don't know. That's what we need to see. From the Rams' offense, same thing. In the trenches, the running game didn't really make anything happen until the fourth quarter. I know Matt Stafford's used to living life without a running game. He did a whole lot in Detroit. It doesn't make life any easier. Give the man a running game. The Rams' offensive line just didn't get surge in the running game. They, they pass protected great. I'm no complaints. The pass protection for Matthew Stafford was excellent, but they need a running game. Better defenses, more prepared defenses. And let's be honest, no one's really prepared in Week One. There's no film out there yet on the current rendition of that team, the current roster. Now there's some film. So the Rams have to make some adjustments there as well. They cannot go into 
this game on the road without a running game. They need to be able to pound the ball. Rams football is always best when it controls the clock. Well, the Bears control the clock. The one thing the Rams did better last week, big plays. And that was a huge shift from last year. Two 50-yard-plus touchdown passes last year. Overall, Rams had two in one game last week. So the big playability is back. That's great news for the team. I'm just concerned about the other things, the little things in the trenches. If they can do that, if they can at least play a square-up game where you know things are even in there, the talent will win out. Running the Rams are the more talented team, especially with the injuries the Colts have. The Rams have playmakers on offense the Colts don't have. They have the running backs, and they have an aging, an aging good receiver, but he's still aging. They have the receivers, they have the tight ends, they have the running back. You know, they have a solid, a potential two solid running backs as well for the Rams. They have the weapons. They'll win the game if everybody plays even elsewhere. That's what I'm looking at. There are my thoughts on the game. I'm hesitant to call the Rams win, mostly because all the other Rams experts have. But I, I feel like this is theirs if they adjust well from last week. I think it will still be close. This is, a, this is a talented Colts team. Injuries are a factor. Home game is a factor. Uh, I'm going to go 27-20 Rams. Okay? All right, so there's my call on it. We'll talk to you Sunday night. Follow us on Twitter at TalkRams. Follow us on Facebook with the Rams Talk Room and the Rams Talk page. Follow me on Twitter at DC Paul. Mike's off tonight, but you can follow him at 1Duke23. In the meantime, we're out of here. Have a great one.